So good. Merry Christmas, Discovery. So good. Hey, um, it's Family Sunday, so we're going to do something. I don't know how often this happened at Discovery, but we're going to have a kid's message. So everybody who's a kid, come on up. We're gonna, I've got a special message for you. I want you to come sit on this carpet. There's even a little movie clip that we're going to watch, so feel free to come up. If they're extremely tiny children, parent, you can come with them if you want. If you're in the teens, you're welcome to come up. So come right up here on the, on the, this, yes. Anywhere, sit right in front of me, right here. All right. So you've been hearing every week about this Advent wreath and the different candles that we've been lighting. Some of you have even been up here. All right, everybody come on up. It's fun. Okay, good. Find a spot. Ready for movie clip almost. But we've been lighting these little candles, and it's reminding us about very important things about Christmas. So we started out by talking about how way before Jesus was born, hundreds of years, even thousands of years, it's hard to imagine, God was already telling people, I've got a plan. I'm coming to be with you. <laughs> and Jesus came to be with us. But when he came, you know, it was so interesting. How many of you have seen God with your eyes? Raise your hand. All right, one of you. Perfect. <laughs> it's, you know, most people don't see God necessarily with their eyes, but there's a reality that we don't see. And part of that reality, we hear a lot about at Christmas because we just sang a little bit ago. Hark the herald angels sing. Right? And this movie clip actually has this song in it. So let's watch this little movie clip from a super famous movie called It's a Telegram. Good idea, Ernie. A toast <laughs> to my big brother George, the richest man in town. <laughs> present from a very dear friend of mine. Look, Daddy, teacher says every time a bell rings, an angel gets his wings. That's right. That's right. boy, Clarence. All right. So have any of you seen that movie? It's super, super old. Well, wait a minute. How many of you have seen Elf? All right, I know. Uh, 
We watched it last night. It was really fun. This is an old movie, but in the movie, an angel comes to help that man, and then they say the angel gets his wings, and all kinds of people start thinking about angels. Do any of you have an angel on your tree? Do anybody have an angel ornament? Does anybody have a nativity scene with an angel? And what do those angels usually look like? Somebody tell me what those angels look like. They have wings, and what else? What else do they look like? Are they ugly or are they pretty? Pretty. Okay. And what else? Anything else about angels that you know? They have a halo sometimes over their head. Yeah. And they wear dresses. Now, again, I want to go back to Hark the Herald Angels Sing, right? Glory to the newborn king. And with them, an angel, wait a minute, a host. Do you remember that part of the scripture? Because there was one angel, and then there was a heavenly host. But you know what that is? Did you know that angels, we kind of have a wrong idea about angels. Can I help you get a right idea about angels? Because angels are like God's special forces. They are powerful. They're big. They're a little bit intimidating. Actually, the scripture says they carry sword. Whoa. And whenever an angel came, people were full, like, they were afraid. They're like, I don't know what's going to happen. What's that guy going to do with his sword? <laughs> He's a little nervous, a little anxious, right? And so the angel would say, don't be afraid, because <laughs> they were afraid, because it was so different. And all the stories in Scripture, and I'm about to talk to your parents about this too, all the stories of Scripture, the angels were big, the angels were powerful, and the angels were God's messengers. And the angels were God's army to do what he wanted to do in the world. And those angels are just as real today as they were when Jesus was born. Maybe we don't see them. But they're, they're real. They're real. All right, let's pray together. Can you fold your hands, bow your heads, close your eyes? Lord God, thank you so much that there's all kinds of mystery and wonder and amazement around Christmas. And it's the things we know, the things we've seen, heard, but some of the things that are unseen in a mystery. And I pray, God, that you would fill each of these children with the full knowledge of who you are in the heavens and the earth. Amen. All right, you guys can head back to your families. Woo, so good to have the kids up here. Um, everyone else, we're going to spend some time in the Bible. Now, I know you've got plans. Men, I know some of you may be like me and still haven't wrapped presents. Um, yeah, nervous laughter from the men. But I'm going to ask you to actually kind of just set aside other concerns that you have right now so that we can just move through a quick reflection because we, um, because we, really want to take a minute to think about this, this idea of the heavens and the earth and, and, and of angels, right, that I introduced here with the kids. We've been going through a series on Jesus coming into Christmas. We started with prophecies, and those prophecies in themselves are mysterious, foretelling what would happen when, when God would fulfill his plan for salvation by coming himself 
to live among us and to surprise us all, actually, by dying on a cross for sin and then to be raised on the third day. Christmas is all about Jesus. And if you didn't get a chance to, um, I want you to know there's extra cards at the connection table that you can take out with you, and it lists many of the prophecies of Jesus, not only of his coming, but of his life, his death, his resurrection, and his coming again. And it shows Old Testament and New Testament fulfillment. Jesus did things, and God did things in ways that we didn't accept in a backwater town like Bethlehem with unlikely people like the shepherds. Um, but in the midst of it, too, were, was this reality, this unseen reality that kept breaking through. So let's think about the Christmas story for a minute because um, in Yuen's favorite gospel, the gospel of Luke, um, we actually have the account of, of Elizabeth and Zechariah and about the coming of John the Baptist and the fact that there was this encounter that Zechariah had in the temple with an angel. The angel Gabriel who came to actually share that John was going to be a special child. It's in Luke chapter 1 verse 11. And um, Zechariah, because he didn't believe right away, ended up being mute, not being able to talk for 10 months until John was born. Um, and in fact, uh, eight days after John was born at his uh, dedication, at his circumcision, that was when Zechariah could, could talk again. But then further on in Luke, in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 28, that same angel Gabriel appears to Mary and proclaims the, the miracle that was going to happen in her body so that the incarnation could happen. How many people have put your mind all the way around the incarnation, God becoming human? No, we never can. We, we need to keep thinking about it. We need to keep leaning toward it. But, but that was what the angel proclaimed to Mary. And she said, let it be done to your servant. Um, it, just an amazing, amazing story. But again, God breaking through an angelic visitation. And then an angel appears in a dream to Joseph, not once, but multiple times, giving Joseph the leadership and the direction of what to do regarding Mary, regarding uh, what they were to do to get out of Bethlehem because of the threat and being able to know when to come back to Israel when they were down in Egypt. Angels at work. The rumors of these angels at work. And then, of course, we've, we've read several times the account of the angels with the shepherds. So I want you to just understand and embrace for a second the reality of the supernatural, the reality of the, the work of the heavenly places, not the thing that we experience with our five senses that, that God's given us to experience the physical world around us, but there's something beyond. That's that's. In the Bible, it's the biblical worldview. For all Christians around the globe who embrace the fullness of faith, we embrace the fullness of that reality of the heavens and the earth. So, just I want to say that angels are real. They're not a myth or a legend. And I will tell you, our culture hungers for the mysterious. Hungers for the, the, the epic, the, the story arc of the superpowers, right, or of another world. Uh, Star Wars just, what, made about a billion dollars this last week um, coming out, the newest Star Wars. But you think of the whole Marvel series and even terrible films like the, the DC series of, of Batman and Superman, I'm sorry, 
They're just not good films. Um, but, but all of those, what it says to us kids, especially for you, you're hungering for something bigger, something more, something beyond, right? There's a hunger inside us. And that's because we're not just flesh and blood. We're not just the personality of who we are. But God has made us spirit. God has made us human beings that breathe his spirit into us. That's how he made us. And when we come alive in Jesus, the Holy Spirit fills us. And we can begin to have perception and understanding about the reality of this other realm called the heavens and the earth. So when Jesus teaches us to pray, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, as it is in the place of unseen reality, let it break into our known reality and be the same. So let's think about angels just really quick. What do we know about angels? We're going to move through this really fast. Ready, go. Number one, they're created. They're created. There's an account in Job. The book of Job is a brilliant book um, in that it's set actually uh, before Abraham, after the Tower of Babel in the biblical narrative and in history. And so it's very much closer to creation. And in the story of Job, there comes a point in Job chapter 38, verses 4 to 7, where God has to go, wait a minute, Job, are you going to tell me how it is, or do you really want to know how it is? And he says, were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? And when the holy angels rejoiced and sang in joy over my creative act and my creative work. Well, this isn't unfamiliar, because in Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, it's talking about Jesus, and it says, for in him, meaning in Jesus... All things were created in heaven and on earth, visible in all words for spiritual realities that we can't see. Whether thrones or rulers or dominions or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Say that with me. All things were created by him and for him. Say it with me. All things were created by him and for him. Are you trying to put Jesus back in Christmas? Work with me because I'm trying to help you. All things were created by him and for him. Kids, you can help your parents. All things were created by him and for him. All things were created by Jesus and for Jesus. When Jesus came, the incarnate one, everything was created for him, whether seen or unseen. All right? I know, I'm, I'm sharing this message in Davis, full of scientists. Right? But this is our biblical worldview. So we know that angels were created. We know they're powerful. Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, when human beings rebelled against God and were, were sent out of paradise, God sent cherubim, an angel, with a flaming sword going back and forth to keep them out of the garden. Matthew chapter 28, verse 2, the resurrection of Jesus. One angel comes down, and what it took many men to roll into place, the stone in front of the tomb, one angel moved out of the way. <laughs> Not so Jesus could get out, but so people could go in and see that Jesus was no longer there because he was raised. Amen? If you have your Bible, um, take a moment just to turn to Matthew chapter 26. And this is one of my favorite scriptures, and it will kind of tell you a little bit more about uh, what I was sharing with the kiddos. Uh, Matthew chapter 26, beginning in verse 52. 
Jesus is uh, being betrayed. Um, when your technology fails you. Or when my eyes fail me, one or the other. So uh, Jesus is being betrayed, and he says, um, in that hour, uh, Jesus said to the multitudes, are you coming out against me as a robber with swords and, and, and staves to seize me? I sat daily in the temple teaching you, and you did, did not take me. But all this is so that the scripture would be fulfilled. And then Peter gets fired up and cuts off the ear or, or lunges with a sword, and Jesus says, stop. Um, do you not know that I can call 12 legions of angels to my defense? Now, think about this for a minute. Legion is a term for the Roman military. It meant 5,000 Roman soldiers. So 12 times 5,000, math majors, 60,000 angels. So it took one angel to roll the stone away, one angel to cause someone to be mute. Later in the book of Acts, it takes one angel to go to Peter, put all the guards to sleep, open the prison doors, and get him out of jail. There's a lot more scripture about angels and the power of one angel. <laughs> but this is six, Jesus says, look, if I wanted 60,000 angels, kids, that's a lot of angels. And that's a lot of power that was at Jesus' disposal. We know about angels that they're created, they're powerful, and they're many. And in Jesus' life, these angels were very much at work. Mark chapter 113, the temptation of Jesus Jesus for 40 days was in the wilderness. It was just Jesus, except for when Satan came to tempt him. Scary, difficult, right? Nobody around to encourage him, except when it was over, it says, that the angels came to attend to him. At Jesus' resurrection, we have multiple different angel encounters. Sometimes one, sometimes two angels appearing to pronounce or announce because they're messengers the good news that Jesus had risen from the dead. And when Jesus comes back, it says that the angels will be with him. Mark 8.38 is one of those convicting scriptures. All right, are you okay with the convicting scripture on Christmas Eve? It says, if you're ashamed of me, Jesus is speaking. He says, if you're ashamed of me in the sinful and adulterous generation, then the Son of Man, meaning me, will be ashamed of you when he comes with the glory of and his holy angels. So you know those 60,000 angels, kids? They're going to be seen again in our world, right? Maybe they've never even all been seen again. Maybe it was only one legion of angels when the heavenly host appeared to the shepherds, and they all like were laid out with freak out, okay? But this is going to be 12 legions of angels, and they're going to be coming together. And it says in Mark 13, 27, that when Jesus comes back, He's going to send his angels to north, south, east, and west, and he's going to have an assignment for them to say, I know these people, and these people, and these people, and these people, and they're with me. It's a good thing. And it's going to be weirder and better and a little probably scary, but a little actually cool, more cool than any Disney film, <laughs> than any George Lucas you know, fantasy story. It's going to be epic, people. And I think the way to not be afraid, the way to not be afraid is to begin to embrace the reality of that supernatural amazement and wonder. And what better time than Christmas? Parents, how fun is it to see the wonder in the eyes of kids? 
I have a niece and a nephew, um, age uh, nine and age seven. And they came over the other day because they were out looking at Christmas lights. How many of you have gone out, seen some Christmas lights, some houses that are like way crazy lit up, right? It's kind of fun. They were out doing that. They came by our house and they saw our tree. And I said to them, you know what? See those presents under the tree? Your presents are under there. And my youngest one goes, really? And she literally goes running at the tree, goes sprawling under the piano, and crawls all the way around until she finds her package. It was pretty fun, right? The wonder and the amazement and the interest and the curiosity of, of all that Christmas is for us, really behind it all, is this incredible reality of the supernatural coming of Jesus, the incarnation of Jesus, and the breaking in of that supernatural through the angels proclaiming this message of good news. And when they come, they come with power. We learned a prayer at the beginning. If you can go to the last slide. We learned a prayer in the first message that I shared uh, during this series it was a simple prayer that, that I've been praying, I've been seeking to pray over these last few weeks. Jesus, open my eyes to see you today. Can you say that with me? Jesus, open my eyes to see you today. And I, want, uh, I made a little modification to it, which is, Jesus, open my eyes to see you, parentheses, <laughs> your reality today. I'm going to close with a, a reading from uh, 2 Corinthians chapter, or sorry, 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 15 to 17. It's a story of Elisha and his servant, and there's an army coming against, against them, and it's actually something that's very uh, concerning to them. And so, um, but Elisha seems strangely calm. The servant, not so much. The servant's amped up. So let's jump in at verse 15. It says, When the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my lord, what shall we do? The servant asked. Don't be afraid, the prophet answered. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Follower of Jesus. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed. He prayed the prayer that we just read. Listen to it. Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Are you willing to pray that prayer this Christmas? Open my eyes, Lord, that I may see. Might be a little, might be a little nervous inside to pray that prayer. Don't know what God's going to do. God's, God's God. <laughs> but do you want to see how things really are? Look what happens. Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. And if you read the rest of the story later today, you'll see that this army is scattered the army coming against them. And Elisha, the man of God, and his servant were safe. Open my eyes, Lord. 
Open my eyes, Jesus, that I may see you today. May I may see your reality. And I want to suggest to you, Discovery Church, this Christmas, if you're willing to pray that prayer, if you're willing to look and to be open, and not about the, the legend uh, that surrounds Christmas of elves and others in red suits, and our other stories that surround our culture, that tingle the desire, the true desire that you were created with, because inside you, you know there's the reality beyond the reality. And God broke through at Christmas, and it'll break through for you at this Christmas. Why? Because he wants you to know Jesus. He wants Jesus to be at the center of your celebration. So God bless you as you walk that out tonight and tomorrow and as we close the year, as we close the year together. The worship team's going to come forward. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your goodness in our lives, the power of your spirit, the power that we have to respond to you, to know you, Jesus. Thank you that it's not just about the reality that we quickly understand or we grow into understanding from kids to adulthood, but also about the maturity it takes to fully embrace everything you say is true and real. We pray, God, that you would let us take more steps in that regard this Christmas. Amen. Thank you, Jeff. We're going to conclude our service this morning by singing a couple more songs. And usually we take time to...